It's time to change your mindset. Time to make some income. Ain't no need to second guess. Learn about financial wealth. If you ready, let's begin. Welcome to the podcast. Monetize everything. Yeah, yeah. Take it to the next level. Now it's time to get it hype. This could change your whole life. Time to get your money right. With George Pitts. Tune in quick, fast. This is the Monetize Everything podcast. Woo! Let's go. What's going on, everybody out there? Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Monetize Everything Podcast. We got another big splash uh, guest today. We've got your favorite branding strategist. I like to call the mayor of Jackson. She is a speaker, the host of the TEDx Jackson, which was when TEDx came to Jackson. She actually hosted that event and helped put it together, which is major. She's an event host former radio personality, and a serial entrepreneur. She's one of my good friends, an influencer, and is just on top of her game right now. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all welcome Miss Miranda Joyner. What's going on, Miranda J? Hey, what's going on, George Pitts? Not much, not much. It's cool over here this way because I got the breeze coming from you. What's going on? <laughs> it is indeed a breeze over my way. It's <laughs> cool all the time. <laughs> you just cool out. It's always 65 degrees in your area. Our life is good. <laughs> <laughs> so what's been going on? What's new with you? Well, um, it depends on how new we're talking. Are we talking like recently new or like this year new? Well, yeah, I see. See, I keep forgetting you got so much going on. Like what's <laughs> happened in the last like week? Because I know what's happened in the last week. Some people, it takes a whole 12 months to experience that. So what's what's happened your- in the last week? Well, in the last week, I have decided to uh, revamp my brand. And so I've really been working on taking my branding to the next level, which is something that I've been doing with my clients and talking with them with and being more um, intentional about the strategies I use and the way that I communicate and connect to my audience on social media. Um, So really, my last week has been spent doing that. And I'm a parent of a 14-year-old band kid who plays the trumpet. So really, we've been doing band practice, and he has band camp. So that's been my life, getting him ready for school and band and rebranding or ramping up my brand. Getting ready to ramp up. I like it. I like it. I saw your your new pictures today on on social media. They was going everywhere today. People was going crazy. So I know (laughs) the the rebrand is in full effect right now. Yeah, it's really fun. I I just wanted to do um, more lifestyle, more engagement, more sharing uh, my work and what I've been doing and just sharing more of myself uh, in in a more impactful way. And so that's what I'm working on. I quit my job last year to do this full time and the beginning of this year has been good to me. And so I just decided to take it up a notch. Man, you just you just said a mouthful there. You just gave me like four or five questions right there that I can ask. I'm ready to strike. I'm ready to strike. All right. So how did Miranda J get into branding? I know you've been into a lot of different things as far as that really branding resides in. I mean, the radio personality, the hosting, all that stuff requires a level of branding. But what got Miranda J into branding? Yeah, so I did radio off and on for uh, over 15 years from 2003, off and on up until like 2017, give or take. Um, and so over the years, of course, you get to see a lot, you get a lot of insight, you see a lot of mistakes, you see a lot of things done right. Right. Um, and so I've also seen a lot of events come and go, um, throughout the city. 
And I've always been kind of connected to the nightlife, the culture, uh, the poetry scenes, the music scene. Well, uh, back in 2013, I came back to the radio station as an on-air personality for the morning show at WJMI in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, it was it's, uh, my boss, Dan Branson. He's amazing. And I worked on the morning show. And there I started um, an open mic for myself. Uh, so I was on air in the mornings and running an open mic uh, twice a month called Synergy Nights. And what happened was we curated this space for artists and creatives to come and basically um, express themselves. And it's called Synergy. Synergy, by definition, is where two or more elements come together to produce an effect that's greater than one. And that's why we called it that, because we knew if we call something a thing, it would happen. And that's literally what happened. Um, artists came, people were inspired. I mean, there was no racial boundary. There was no age boundary. People would invite their moms and their aunts out. You would have college kids and older women and men. I mean, it was just bananas. And so having those artists so close, um, over the years, I just, more and more people were coming to me for advice and I started giving out more and more advice. I started managing a comedian, comedian Rita Brent. And after I managed her, uh, when we started in the beginning of her career, uh, that first year in just took off. And really, honestly, it was um, learn as you go for the, for the for four years of her career. We were figuring out as we went and we just kept excelling, kept growing. And I kept coaching um, her from her personal uh, branding to her career branding and yeah, and last year I just decided to branch out on my own as a life coach and quit my job because what I was doing on the side was taking up so much time from my regular job that we were traveling a lot, moving a lot. And so I decided to uh, create my own lane and come from behind uh, her and in, in being known as her manager and brand person. And I decided to open it up to the masses or the people that were around us. And it just has been really good. Wow, so you decided to open it up to the public, it sounds like. I mean, a little, because I was already helping people for free. I mean, if I'm being honest, people would hit me up. It wasn't like I was telling them, no, I'm not going to help you. So <laughs> I was really a lot of times on the side giving out free advice anyway. Um, and I think I sold a lot of seeds in that way. And I think because of the seeds I sowed and because of my willingness to give out and help so freely, I really believe that's why God blessed me the way he did, if I'm being honest, when yes. it really was time to monetize it, so. Well, you know, one thing that I've always heard, and I think Gary Vee talks about this a lot, is that um, when you want to grow your audience, you want to grow your business, and you really want to grow your your following, you shouldn't be focused on what you can sell them or what you could do for, you know, what they could do for you. You need to be focused on what you could do for them, you know, what kind of value you could provide to them yes. and the information that you can give away, because that's what he's really, that's been his claim to fame is he gives so much free information and free advice that it just grows like wildfire. I don't even know if he's even sold a product on Instagram like that. Like, I mean, he, if he did, it would be, it'd probably make him a, a billionaire probably because he's just it got so um, So with that being said, like with you, when you decided like, okay, this is what I'm going to get into. This is what I'm going to go full time. What was it like to convince yourself that, you know what, I've done this a lot for free, you know, but I can actually get paid for this. Like what, what was it that convinced you that, you could actually do this because that's the biggest mindset shift that people got to obtain is that confidence. Yeah, I would say that uh, if I'm being honest, it was working with, uh, well, so two things. Um, really, being in the entertainment industry, you see it. 
You see what people come in. You get to see a lot of the behind the scenes. I start there. Um, when I first first came back in 2013, I was on the sales side for the first time ever in my life. I decided to do something different. I don't know why. I've always been in sales off and on when I was younger, but I jumped into sales for a little bit and I got to see a lot of businesses run on the back end. And I got to see a lot of the ways that people operated and function and they were charging people like things for ways that were running businesses that weren't so coach, you know, so smooth and easy. Well, when I started working with the artist, uh, the, the comedian, um, what happened was I was able to see really getting out in the industry, what people were willing to pay for different services. And so because I was able to see it, there wasn't any hesitancy for me to say, okay, I can really monetize this. So honestly, it was just making the decision to believe that what I saw other people doing, that my worth and what I had to offer the world was valuable enough for me to monetize as well. And, and really, I can honestly say it's still, even after I see it, it's still always a thing that I go back and forth with in my head because you, I always want to make sure that I'm giving people the value for what they're paying. Um, and so I, I do still constantly battle with that charging my work. I know that's a thing, but that's a constant thing for me is to shift that mindset and to look at what other people are charging and what they're offering and say, hey, what I have is not, if it's not just as valuable, it's more valuable than some of the stuff that I see people offer out. So really it was a matter of me getting out there, um, looking in the market, looking at what other people were doing, and then just telling myself that you could do this. Wow, wow. That now see, that's that right there is powerful to me because you know, you had a lot riding on this. I mean, you're your your mother, you know, you pretty much run your own ship, you know, and for you to be able to convince yourself that, hey, I can do this, I can replace my income with this, that's like one of the biggest things to overcome when you're going into business of any sort. And so with that being said, since you've overcome that, what is it like now to be able to wake up and do what it is that you enjoy doing uh, without, you know, anything in, in its place or stopping you from getting further into that business? Yeah. So let me say this before and I'm going to ask that question. This will be my lead in to that question. Okay. I don't, you twist it. I don't like to sell dreams. I want to be very clear. I had multiple streams of income happening before I decided to quit the job that I had. Say it again. I had multiple streams of income coming into my bank accounts before I completely quit the job that I had. I hope y'all heard that. So you know, I know sometimes with social media, things can look like, oh, she just sprouted up and quit and you went straight into doing this. And this is my only means of income because it's my lead. But what I did was I was able to put other things in place that could sustain me while I focused on growing this main thing, which is my lead, my niche, you know. So um, that was really the thing for me was, you know, getting to a space where, I could leave the job that I had. And honestly, I had went from a full-time job to a part-time job. So I was working a part-time job as a cashier at a car dealership before I completely, that was where I quit. So I was like a PR at a nonprofit, uh, the PR specialist there. And then I left there and decided to do something that gave me a little bit more free time. I worked this up a little bit, made it match. And then I let go of the part-time. So I kind of let go gradually. (laughs) You took baby steps now. <laughs> I did. I did. I let go of that part-time. But hey, that part-time was stability. So I tell people boldly, I quit that job. To yeah. Do that yeah. Yeah. 
You know, it was a guaranteed check. And I can say, you know, what it feels like waking up every morning uh, doing this. You know, honestly, in the beginning, it's still terrifying because, you know, uh, you wake up and you think you're responsible for your growth. Um, You're responsible for your income and it becomes a hustle. And I'll say more than terrifying for me, it was like, I'm going to figure this out. It pushed me and motivated me to really, really um, do the work do the work that I might've been slacking off when I had other stuff to sustain me, you know? And it it really feels good every morning to wake up and be my own boss, to wake up and make my own hours, to wake up and build my own empire. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to explain because there's the part of it that is, um, that is so scary. And sometimes you, you, you want to keep your brain from going back to, well, when the money isn't flowing, what am I going to do trying to think of a backup plan into thinking you have to shift from that space of thinking of a backup plan to thinking, how can I make this work? And so for me, it's been over the last couple of months, a gradual shift from defaulting to a backup plan when money isn't flowing as well as I think to thinking, what can I do to give this a boost to take it to the next level? So I went from backup plan to problem solving. Wow. That's deep. That's deep. And I I want to take a second here to appreciate what you just said, because too many people sell dreams about entrepreneurship. And I made a post the other day and I was actually really surprised how how fast it picked up for so many people. And I just said that becoming an entrepreneur does not guarantee you success. It doesn't guarantee you riches and it doesn't guarantee you money. And um I was very shocked how many people liked it, commented on it, shared it, tagged me on it. Because, you know, so many of us, and I'm not even going to say us, so many people, they love to share this entrepreneurship thing. If you come over here and join us over here and get into this and pay this much money, you know, you're going to experience wealth. You're going to experience this. You're going to be experiencing that. And I just said in the caption, I know a lot of broke entrepreneurs. A lot. I know a lot of them. And, um... You know, just because you can say you're just just to say that you're a business owner, an entrepreneur does not pay the bills. It doesn't. It might make you feel good. It might make you feel slightly better about yourself. But at the end of the day, it is not guaranteed. So I love how you took the approach that you did to kind of, you know, step down and, and build other things and really build some stability financially before you just jump all the way in. Because that's people's biggest mistakes. They try to build their primary income off of jumping right in. And then when it doesn't work, it's like, well, I've exhausted my 401k. I cashed it all out. I took out all my loans. I done maxed out all my cars. Now I got to get back in the workforce and I got all this debt. So I really appreciate you being very transparent about that because it's very important that people understand that it's not all smiles and Hallmark cards when you go into it. There's going to be a lot of pitfalls. Um, So I appreciate you for saying that. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know any other way to be. Yeah, that's the only way. R-E-A-L, all capital letters. <laughs> yeah. So when when you decided to get into branding, what was your what was it like to have your first paid client? Oh man. Oh gosh. <laughs> so I think when uh you know Ideally, you can kind of consider Rita my first paid client. I mean, <laughs> let's say outside of Rita, because you yeah, and Rita have been running for a while. But I mean, outside of Rita, you know, no. Let's let's put it this way: How was it like to get the first person that you weren't expecting to yeah, be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that like? 
Yeah, so Rita was already on Comedy Central, True TV, you know, um, tour. We had got her to tour with Ricky Smiley on the, uh, you know, and, and all this good stuff. So she was soaring. So for me, there was the, uh, and if I'm, I'm going to be honest, it was like, okay, I know I know my stuff, of course, because I'm helping people on the side. But I was thinking to myself, man, how impactful can I be with people? And there was a thought, can I do this again? Like what I did with Rita. And do I even want to do that? Like a whole nother investment in managing somebody else's career. And I knew I didn't want to go back into managing artists. I have friends um, that are in the music industry. I think of one person in particular, Ron Carbo. He's a uh, Grammy award-winning friend of mine that's here in Mississippi that lives in Clinton. Uh, Ron, you saw always say, Miranda, you should start an agency. And I used to look at Ron all the time and say, Ron, I don't want to start no agency. I don't want to manage artists. I don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> want to do that. Artists are, woo, yeah. So I don't want, to, I don't want multiple ones. Um, <laughs> so um, I... When I the first one that I got outside of her, what I honestly did was I kind of got with some friends and I pulled them in. I pulled about three people that I knew that needed some brand work that were close to me, and I did it for free. That's what I did because what I needed to do before I launched my website and before I put it out there, out there was I needed to get with some people to see what I could create and what was needed amongst these other people that I could give to people, no matter what type of you know, um, business they had. So I pulled about three, maybe four people, four people close to me. And I told them, Hey, let's meet. And that's how the ball started. Um, once I kind of got the rhythm of what they needed, it started to formulate the sessions and what was required. And then the content kind of filled itself in. And then I discovered after about so many people in that, oh, everybody needs the same thing. And so I was able to create a three session process to take people through from discovering and identifying their purpose to connecting to their audience on social media. Um, but that first client, uh, I just kind of rolled into it because I pulled some free ones in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's how you got to do it. You got to go fishing. Yes. Gotta, I, I wouldn't you know, have done, I wouldn't change the water. Yes. <laughs> it, it sounds like they started biting. They did. They came way quicker than I imagined, George, honestly. Um, you know, you think about clients that um, when people are looking for clients and trying to build a business, a lot of times people are like, okay, my goal is maybe four or five a month. Um, I mean, I was, you know, I started, I launched my business November the 16th of last year. And right now, not counting groups or businesses that I've worked with, I'm almost at a hundred different people that I've seen. Wow. That's dope. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm not at a hundred, but I'm like in the, I, I, I stopped counting a little bit. <laughs> so I think I'm in the sixties, maybe seventies. Uh, so yeah, it's been great. Man. Okay. Wow. So it hasn't even been a year. You haven't even had your year anniversary yet. No, and I've seen that many different people. And then I have reoccurring clients. So I have my clients that come back. Um, and, and, and as the business grew, I started requiring different things. Because in the beginning, I didn't want to put people in restrictions. I didn't want to put contracts on people. I didn't want to put retainers on people. Because I knew that what I needed was for people to come to me so that I can grow not only externally with, with the audience that was outside watching in. I want them to see the growth. But I also needed to grow and figure out what people needed. And so I didn't want to overcharge people, even though I know the value that I was giving them. Um, I wanted to create something and I wanted them to help me to create it. And so I was affordable and I was impactful. And that's what I did. I undercharged and over, over uh, delivered. 
that's it. That's yeah. it. And now your values up. Now your yeah. values all the way up. So absolutely, and it shifted halfway through. I started, you know, requiring more, and then the price went up. You know, but I did it gradually. Right, right. Just the way you did whenever you got into the business. Yes, absolutely. Oh, y'all paying attention to this? Like Miranda is dropping some serious yeah. right now. You got so many people. There's two. There's two mistakes that people make. They okay. charge too much when they start out, or they charge too little. Yes. You know what yes. I'm saying? They, they never charge just that sweet amount that's going to be, you know, acceptable to them, accessible to acceptable to someone that maybe does not know them or, or, or their value, but yeah. at an acceptable amount to where they can, they can continue to rise that as they grow and as they go. Because, I mean, I'm sure you can, you can say, and, I, and I've said it before, you get better coaching and strategizing as you go on. You just, you just don't come out the gate being great. You know, you, you, you eventually get better and better as you go. Um, so I, I, I love I love how you did that. I love how you did that. What has been the most difficult challenge with being an entrepreneur? Ooh, um, People don't like to talk about the bad stuff, but we do here. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. I talk about it all the time in my pillow when I'm crying. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I would say. The most. Can, can I give you multiple? No, no, I'm just kidding. Yes, okay. you can. Come on. Do <laughs> so it. I, some of the difficult things was for me early on, I'll say time management. Oh, Lord. Time management in the beginning for me was a problem uh, because I would, um, I went from having, you know, very structured times where I had to be at work, I had to get this done, and when I'm off, I got to be back at work. And so I had to arrange my life around that to having a free open day. And so in the beginning, I was not jumping on it, doing the things I need to do. I was kind of, my friends were like, hey, look, can you meet me for lunch? Of course you can. Of course I can. And then one hour lunch would turn into two hour lunch. And then I would find myself up super late at night trying to get work done and play catch up. And then I'm traveling and then I'm sleeping in the morning. I mean, seriously, I, I was like, okay, Miranda, you got to get a grip and create some work hours. <laughs> Because, you know, when you quit your job, it feels like freedom. So you're like, I'm my own boss. I can work when I want to work. It's almost like graduating high school and Listen. going to college and you're like, wait a minute. Ain't nobody here to wake me up to go to school? Like, what? Listen. Yeah, I don't yeah. go to class today. You know what I mean? I can sleep I'll go to the second hour. I'll go I'll come to the second class. As long I as do. I have my laptop and my iPhone, I can do anything from anywhere. That was what I was telling myself. No, ma'am. Lying to yourself. <laughs> Lying to myself. I'm not going to do nothing. Anybody going to pull out this, this Mac? So, yeah. So uh, that was the beginning. And then I would say the second part is um, the second challenging thing is um, for me right now, my biggest challenge is uh, building a team, but it's getting better for me. So I finally got an assistant. I got to a space where I just was feeling so overwhelmed and bogged down by things I didn't want to do. And I just bit the bullet and found me an affordable assistant for me. She's affordable for me. And I am teaching and training her how to, I mean, she has other people that she works with. Um, She's a virtual assistant, but I'm teaching her how to get into the rhythm with me. And for me, that was difficult because I had spent my life being a go-getter and a doer. I spent my life managing somebody's career. So essentially I was kind of an assistant, you know what I mean? Like the one that got stuck. Yeah. And so it was hard for me to get into the rhythm of saying, okay, I can let this go. 
because what was hard for me in my mind, I was thinking in the time it's going to take me to show her how to do this and to ask her to do this or to send her this, by the time I do that, I could have done it myself. But I had to rework my brain and shift my paradigm and say, Miranda, when you get her in the rhythm of doing it without you, it's going to be less of communication. Duh. So give her the small stuff. Give it to her so that she can start doing it without you even asking. Hello. (laughs) So I had to have a come to Jesus talk with myself. And so really building a team and figuring out how to manage and work with people to um, help me because I'm such a doer. I'm such a do everything myself person. And I think a lot of people struggle like that, especially people who are perfectionists or feel like it's hard for them to let other people help them. I'm raising my hand right now. Oh, just do I it. I still deal with it. I like still Nike. deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I still deal with it. Um, yeah. Just to share a story real quick, just just, just to kind of explain that. Yeah. Uh, we were supposed to, me and Miranda were supposed to record this this particular episode the day before. So Miranda spells her name with an A, and I knew that. So I sent, you know, me and my assistant, we were talking on Skype, going over all the stuff that, that I needed her to do. And I said, okay, I need you to send an email to these people. I need you to send an invite. This person, you send these time slots. You send this one to this one. You know, everything that we normally do um, to, to, to get prepared. And, uh, you know, Miranda's like, hey, are we still recording today? I was like, I never got a confirmation from you. She's like, what? And then, so I reached out to my sister. I said, send me the email that you sent to Miranda. And, because uh, Miranda don't play. You know what I'm saying? You better come with some facts. Or, you know what I'm saying? You, you ain't going to make it. So I was like, let me come with facts because I kind of overstepped. I should have I should have had all my 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 uh, my legal stuff, all my evidence before I came with stepped to her like that. I'm disrespecting. I might not be able to go to Jackson soon. I need to get this right. So I sent my assistant an email and she sends me one back. Like here, here's what I sent her. I said, yeah, yeah. Oh. And she spelled she spelled Miranda's name with an I. So of course Miranda never got it. So, of course, I sent it to her. I had to apologize to my assistant. I had to apologize to Miranda. But the whole time I'm thinking, man, I should have just did it myself. I should have just did it myself. But it wasn't, I should, there was no reason for me to be mad at her because I should have told her this is how you spell it. That was all on me. So, you know, it's just those kind of things. We're perfectionists. And sometimes we're such perfectionists, perfectionists that we realize that it was our flaw that caused some stuff that we want to get mad at somebody else about. But I couldn't. I couldn't get mad at her at all. And so, uh, you know, that's that's just one of the, the struggles of entrepreneurship. So I definitely understand that piece. And, and let me inject and tell you a teachable moment in that, because really, at the end of the day, and you're right, you did take ownership for it, but take ownership to the level of understanding. It was a good learning lesson for you guys, because now the next time she's going to make sure that she double checks and spells it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now she's going to make sure anytime you send her a name, she's going to say, hey, is this the correct spelling? And so for you, there's growth. And so now it'll minimize the time that it happened. Like, I don't think anything that happens isn't an opportunity where we can't learn from it. Right, right. I agree 100%. As long as you're willing to. Now, you know, there's some things that we can't learn from because we ain't willing to do it. You got to be willing to do it. And I think once you're willing to do it, I think that makes a big difference. Big difference. I agree. Much big difference. So I've got a, a question to ask. So... What would you say to someone right now that's listening to this this podcast, they're looking to start their business, whether it's to become a coach or an influencer or just someone that, you know, is going to be known for something and for something for, for they're looking to monetize. 
What would you tell them when they're coming out out the gate for branding themselves? Because I spent a lot of money on rebranding and I'm about to rebrand again, as we talked about before this episode. Um, and what are some of the things that you would explain to someone to not make those branding mistakes in the beginning that's going to cost them thousands of dollars down the road later? Yeah, so, um, wow, there's so many things that run through my mind just now. <laughs> so many. Okay, so I, I think here are some of the big important ones. So I'll start with this because I said this today. To my, well, well I'll, let, me, let me start here. So first of all, to understand off the cuff that branding is how you make people feel more than it is all of the other things that you do. So I think starting there and understanding that figuring out who you're talking to very specifically, which is very important, who your target person is, know them in an intimate way and understand that branding is how you make that particular person feel to really hone in, focusing in on who your ideal person is. And if in your mind, you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, I'm, I'm for everybody. You're already wrong. You're not. Nothing is for everybody. It's very few things that are essentially for everybody. Cell phones, maybe in vehicles. I don't know. But it's very few things that are catered to everybody. And so really get comfortable with understanding who that is and understanding that everything that you do is about how you make them feel. Because when you move people emotionally, you connect to their wallets, period. When you impact them on that level emotionally. Um, so that's the first thing is understanding what branding is for you. It's how you make people feel and move. When it comes to the actual tangibles, um, I'll say this because I said this today to a client. We were talking about logos and uh, she was saying she didn't really like her logo and she didn't like the way it looked. And so I really encourage people to uh, try to keep things very simple, but also to invest in your logo to invest in the big things that matter, the big things that are going to show up, right? Um, and so, I, I, you know, I said today, I said, you know, you kind of want to treat it like you treat your house, right? And so for people, those of us who live on a budget, because I'm not rich yet, right? Uh, you, you, you pay a lot of money for the big pieces. Like you're probably not going to shortchange your television. You're going you're gonna to put down them coins for a good TV and a good couch and a good bed. Uh-huh. Now you, now, you might cut the corners when it comes to like the little lamp or some little accessories or some little pillows you might find at the dollar store and the Walmart or, you know, you might cut the corners here and there to, to accent pieces. But when it comes to branding, the big things that matter, the big things that people are going to see, the big ways you show up, you want to put your money in there and don't shortchange your website your systems that you put in place for people to be able to get to you easily, your logo that people are going to see. You want to spend that money. And I find that a lot of people don't want to invest and they want to cut corners and not financially invest in their branding. But at the end of the day, your ROI is going to be good because people are going to see it. And, and if you have the service to back up what your brand shows, then they're going to come and they're going to spend money with you. If you look like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you actually deliver, then it's the perfect storm. Mm. They're going to spread the word. They're going to tell their cousin them and their cousin them going to come and then word of mouth is going to pick up and then you're going to find yourself spending money on advertisement but not having to spend as much because people are telling other people about you, right? Yeah. Yep. But you still want to invest in advertisement, right? So I'm not knocking that. Uh, so those would be off the top of my head two things that I could think of really important. Knowing your audience and then um, catering to them and remembering that your business is always about them. So every decision you make is geared towards them and how you make them feel. And then really investing in the pieces of your brand that are important. 
Perfect, perfect. That man, that that gave me that gave me some advice, and I know it gave some people listening to it right now. So, with that being said, tell us where we can find you for those that are looking to get their branding in order and not make those mistakes early on. Where can they find you at? Absolutely. So, um, I'm I'm all over the place. Um, I am. Uh, my website is mirandajoiner.com. It's M A R A N D A J O I N E R. Uh, no, I'm not related to Tom Joyner, um, so no. Um, and I also am on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can find me, same handle, Miranda Joyner, M-A-R-A-N-D-A-J-O-I-N-E-R. And you can also email me if you have questions or thoughts, and that's Miranda at MirandaJoyner.com. Perfect, perfect. And Miranda, you got any events coming up? Like, what are, what if some of us want to, uh, you know, work with you live or work with you in a live event do you got any kind of like group coaching or any kind of live workshops that that we can that we can kind of entertain or get into sure i'm in the good old city and state of jackson mississippi (laughs) all right all right all right all right (laughs) (laughs) so i am here Um, i do workshops here i have a workshop coming up um in the month of august the date is to be announced um because we're playing with a few um things and it but in the month of August, we're doing a uh, social media workshop, um, doing it with a friend of mine who's a photographer. And we're co- uh, combining our powers and doing something pretty cool here in the city. I also have um, virtual clients. I have clients that are in New York, um, Mobile, uh, Alabama. I have a client in Florida. So, and, you know, I have clients in other states. So I do virtual one-on-one sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can book me for a one-on-one. I have 30-minute consulting calls that I just um, started. Um, on my website as well, if you want to book one of those as well. Um, and so, yeah, if you want to work with me, you don't have to be here present. Um, we can do uh, virtual sessions as well. I've done them. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, anything that you want to tell the listeners to prepare them for what it's like to work with Miranda J? Um, yes, it's just relaxing. And, 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 you know, the more, uh, the more open you are to the possibility of um, growing and expanding your brand capacity, um, the more you'll be amazed at how impactful it will be on your bottom line at the end of the day. And so um, I work with businesses. Um, so if you have a business and run a business, I also do team building and all that good stuff. So if you have a business that needs improving or if your own personal brand needs improving, just know that when we get that when we, we get in the sessions and we get to going, that everything that's happening in that interaction, um, anything I'm pulling out of you, that even if it doesn't make sense in the beginning, that it'll all come together in the end. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Because <laughs> I'm kind of unconventional with the way that I do branding in the beginning, and then it all makes sense in the end. Well, unconventional is good. Sometimes you don't want anything that's going to be you know, basic and, and all that stuff. Sometimes you want something that's going to be unconventional. Sometimes that's how we accept things better. So I like that. I think yeah. that's good. And it fits your personality anyway, because you're a very <laughs> unconventional person in a great way. Not a good way, a great way. I've met Miranda J, so I know her personally. I tell all my friends. All you of them. Cut that out. You got to cut that out. <laughs> so listen, everybody, thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. Uh, I've got a surprise for y'all uh, on the next one, so make sure that you tune into the next one. We're going to have Miranda J give us a quick uh, demo of something that I'm going to challenge her on real quick because she's open to it. But it's going to be a great, great rest of y'all's day, man. And remember, 
If you're committed to taking care of your money, your money will be committed to taking care of you guys. Until next time, make sure you go out and monetize everything. Thanks for listening to the Monetize Everything podcast with George Pitts. Visit us at georgepittsco.com for show notes and more resources on how to build wealth, improve your finances, and multiple streams of income all online.